Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to The Random Show. The Random Show is what I call episodes when I can't think of a better name because I am taking a whole bunch of random questions. So it makes it difficult to name the episode because we're covering a huge variety of topics today. I think seven different listener questions. And I love this. I love getting your questions. Uh, So if you have questions for me, I'm happy to answer them privately for you. I'm happy to address them on the podcast. I know what it was like to feel like, geez, I'm not really sure about this, or is this a good idea, or is this considered fat loss friendly, or how does this impact my hormones? I know I had so many questions, and for me, I kind of had to figure it out for myself, which is really valuable, but can take a while. So if you want to get on the fast track, uh, shoot me an email, elizabeth at primalpotential.com and let me know your questions. I genuinely want to answer them. So today we're tackling, like I said, a, a pretty wide variety of questions related to eating out, alcohols, plateaus, smoothies in the morning, living with difficult people who bring junk food into the house that tempts you and how to handle those kinds of situations. So with that said, let's dive right in. The first email I'm going to read is from a gentleman. And um, I I had a few email exchanges with him this week, and I want to share a couple of them with you and my responses. Now, I responded to him with a voice note, so I'm going to kind of summarize how I responded to him. But let's dive in. This came from a gentleman just a few days ago. He said, the reason I'm emailing you is because I have a huge fear that I'm trying not to focus on. My friends are not the reason I overeat, and they're not the reason I'm overweight, but they certainly are not helpful. I'm referring to two guys that I consider my best friends. They're certainly not the only ones, but I'm around them a lot, usually everywhere I go. Last night, I was telling them about your podcast. They were really encouraging and supportive. They're a positive influence in my life, except when it comes to food. As we were leaving Cadoba, they were already discussing going to Buffalo Wild Wings later that same night. These guys love to eat just as much as I do, and they don't hold back regardless of my goals. It's something like, dude, let's go to Whataburger at 11 o'clock at night all the time. And I love eating with them. It's super fun. It's just that it's a major crutch for me. Any suggestions? I totally get that. Now, here's where I think people might be surprised by my response. This is what I told him. I said, I actually think that that situation, the fact that you have friends who love to eat and you're routinely going out to eat with them, I think that's a huge opportunity for you. I think it's a huge advantage for you because you get to practice mastering your skills in the real world. If we think about shows like The Biggest Loser, right, where they're super, super isolated, they go to the ranch to lose their weight. Sure, they have scheduled temptations as part of the show, but they are not going out to eat. They're not hanging out with their friends. They don't have people overeating or drinking around them. They're really in a bubble. They're like bubble boy, right? 
And people say it all the time. Why isn't there a reunion show? Because the vast majority of them put weight back on in large part. There are lots of factors, but in large part because they weren't learning skills applicable to the real world. If you put me in a bubble with a fridge full of healthy food, it's going to be pretty dang easy for me to make good choices. But send me to Buffalo Wild Wings with my friends or Whataburger at 11 o'clock at night and it ain't so easy, right? In the real world, we go out to eat with friends and family. We travel. We have business dinners. This situation is a gift, because you can go to any of those places and make a fat loss friendly choice. You can go to any of those places and stop eating when you're satisfied. You can also go to any of those places and say, no thank you, and hang out and enjoy the company. Now, is that easy? Not yet, because easy is earned via practice. Whatever you do in those situations when you're out with your friends becomes your easy. Just because something is easy to you right now, like overindulging when you're out with your friends, is your easy only because you've done it more often. So even if you tackle it as once a week when I go out with my friends, I'm going to make a fat loss friendly choice, or once a week when I go out with my friends, I'm going to stop when I'm satisfied, or once a week when I go out with my friends, if I'm not hungry, I'm just going to sit there and enjoy the company and have some water and just enjoy the time with my friends. That is practice. You do not have to say, okay, I've got a white knuckle it. All I can ever have at Buffalo Wild Wings is carrot sticks and celery sticks. Like, no, that's lame as heck, right? But you can make fat loss friendly choices at those places, focusing on protein, focusing on healthy fats, focusing on vegetables, minimizing um, the, the chips or the nachos or the french fries or whatever else, the buns, whatever. Whatever you do in those situations becomes your easy. You might have a patterned behavior right now. You might really dive into whatever they're eating. If somebody brings out a pizza, you go at it whole hog. It's only your easy because it's what you've been practicing. So this is an awesome opportunity for you to practice. And then when you've reached your goals, you know, I don't have to avoid social situations. I made progress while going out to eat, while being around temptation, while other people around me were making choices that I didn't want to make. So I see it as a huge advantage. And you don't have to go into it saying, It's me and white knuckle willpower. No, just pick one thing that represents an improvement. One time this week when we go out, I'm going to do X. And then maybe after a month of that, it's two times this week when I go out, I'm going to do X and Y, right? So then he followed up that question and he said, my next question is this. I love the idea of not feeling restricted or actually enjoying what I eat that is also healthy for me. The problem for me, though, is that I don't care for salads with dressings, light dressings like light Italian or something on the diet-friendly side. If it has ranch on it, then I love it. So when I go to a place like Whataburger, which I really do love and I'm currently talking myself out of, what would be your suggestion there? First of all, I think we limit our thinking to what we just have this preconceived notion of as far as diet food, right? Like the example of light Italian dressing. Who the heck said that that's the most fat loss friendly choice? Who the heck said that a low calorie dressing is the most fat loss friendly? That's just not true. Most of what we perceive as diet food is wrong, right? It's totally wrong. I don't feel like I eat diet food, right? When I think of diet food, I'm thinking like white fish and green vegetables and that's it all the time. I think we need to break out of that construct. For me yesterday, 
my brunch because I had sort of a bigger breakfast later in the day after my workout. I had a couple of strips of bacon, a couple of eggs, a huge pile of caramelized peppers and onions and sweet potato hash browns. That was that was my post-workout brunch. And I don't feel like any of that is diet food. Now, if you told me I had to come home and have a can of tuna and three cups of steamed broccoli, I would probably gag. I wouldn't eat it. I wouldn't enjoy it. It wouldn't go through my mouth, right? I eat the most delicious Brussels sprouts with bacon or beautiful burgers, steaks, filet mignon. And, you know, in an earlier email, this particular same listener had said, Something about hating broccoli and edamame and, again, the light salad dressings. And my response was, dude, don't eat them. If you don't love it, don't eat them. Nobody is carrying an extra 50 pounds because they put ranch on their on their salad. Like, it, first of all, if you don't love salad, don't eat salad. Get a steak. Get a burger without the bun, right? There's a million options that you can have. If you love salads, great. But if you get a salad and you think, I'm going to ruin it with this light dressing, don't get the freaking light dressing. As it relates to the specific question about if I personally went to Whataburger, I would not get a salad. I would get a burger. Now, I would probably choose to skip the bun, right? Most of the time that would be my choice, but I would absolutely get a freaking burger, right? And that's not an indulgence. That's just what I would do. All right, let's switch gears. Next question. This listener, another gentleman said... I know you love eggs and bacon in the morning, and so do I. Who doesn't love eggs and bacon? Um, I have heard and read that eating eggs is not good because of their high cholesterol content. I have also listened to your podcast episode that said cholesterol is not the culprit. I have read that limiting one to two eggs a day is ideal, right? Limiting to one to two eggs a day. So basically not eating more than an egg or two every single day. Do you agree or disagree and why? Well, it's a great question. I do feel like I've covered it in other episodes, Q&A 7, which is all about cholesterol, and episode 75, which is about how much fat is too much uh, and why fat and cholesterol aren't necessarily linked the way we think they are. I'll link to both of those episodes in the show notes over at primalpotential.com for this random show. Uh, so if you have specific questions about cholesterol, I go into a ton of detail there. But I, I do want to address the question even though there is more detail on those other episodes. So cholesterol is naturally produced by the body and it is contained in some foods. Cholesterol is deployed to an area of the body where there is injury or inflammation. Lots of people refer to cholesterol as the duct tape of the human body because its job is to go and help heal and repair. So instead of trying to reduce our intake of what helps to repair injury and inflammation, we need to look at what is causing the injury and inflammation in the first place and resolve that. One of the big things that causes injury and inflammation within the body is processed foods, trans fats, and sugars, right? Here's the other thing about cutting cholesterol from your diet, and this would be the argument for reducing eggs because eggs do have uh, relatively high cholesterol compared to other food sources. But here's the deal. If you drastically cut your dietary cholesterol intake, your body upregulates its own cholesterol production. So it's not like you cut dietary cholesterol and everything's okay, 
first of all, that's not the issue. But second of all, then your body just produces more. And then you think, well, why do I need to eat cholesterol if my body's going to produce it? Because it's a very taxing process on your body to generate cholesterol. Every single cell in your body can produce cholesterol. And our body even has many mechanisms to recycle cholesterol so that it can be reused. That's how important it is. So when we cut cholesterol from our diet, typically our body's own production of cholesterol tends to upregulate and that is a labor intensive process. Now, as it relates to eggs, I think eggs are freaking awesome. Now, I don't eat seven eggs a day because I believe in variety, but eggs are a complete protein and there are very few complete proteins. So basically, Being a complete protein means that eggs contain all of the essential amino acids, okay? There are 20 different amino acids, and remember that amino acids are the building blocks of proteins, okay? So there's 20 different amino acids. Nine of them cannot be produced by your body, so they are essential, but your body cannot produce them, so you must consume them. A complete protein contains all nine of the essential amino acids, okay? That is a big deal, the fact that eggs are a complete protein source. But the reason that I wouldn't go crazy on eggs every day is because variety is important for nutrient diversity. So if you are eating four or five eggs a day, it's you're doing so at the detriment of other fats and proteins that give you a broad range of nutrient density. But generally speaking, let your body be your guide. You know, I, I know in the question, it referred repeatedly to I read XYZ and I read ABC. Well, My personal preference, like this is me, Elizabeth Benton, my preference is I don't give a damn who writes about what. I give a damn about what my body tells me. And I would encourage everybody to pay attention to their own body. You can use your body and you should use your body as sort of like a lab rat, right? I pay attention to what foods make me feel amazing, what foods satisfy my hunger, what foods balance my hormones, what foods give me the most energy, what foods help me have the best exercise performance and the most efficient and complete recovery, right? All of those things will give you your answers for you. Some people are going to feel like, oh, my stomach doesn't do well with eggs and so I really try to limit them. Great, limit them. Other people might feel like they're easy and convenient and satisfy their hunger for hours. Great, awesome, eat more eggs. I think variety is important for nutrient diversity and beyond that, your body will give you the answer. But cholesterol, consuming cholesterol from food is not the reason that people have elevated cholesterol. All right, so the next question is totally on a different gear. It says, what do you say to someone who lives with you and is intent on buying highly processed foods and other junk? When I get emotional, I go to the most icky foods. Should I reconsider vilifying foods or should I ask him to move them downstairs? Well, here's the deal. It kind of goes back to what I said about practice, right? This is an opportunity for real world practice because we really can't, unless we live alone, we can't to a complete extent control what comes into the house, right? We just, you know, everybody has their own rights. It can't hurt to ask. If something is really bothering you or tempting you, it can't hurt to say, Do you think that if you're going to eat that, that maybe you could like go out and eat it or have a single serving thing or just not keep it like, right at eye level, maybe put it in a more remote cabinet or put it in the basement in like the in the pantry in the basement or whatever it is. You can always ask, but 
you can't guarantee that they will say yes. And so consider it practice, right? Look at it and see it as a challenge. See it as a challenge that's going to make you better. And instead of being like, oh my God, this is my cross to bear. This is awful. I hate this. It's so hard. You're like, you know what? This is a really great opportunity for me just for today, just for today to say, nope, not today. It doesn't mean that you can never have it. But I think if you take it at the micro level, tonight I am home and there's junk in the house. And just for today, I'm going to say, nope, I don't think so. I'll reevaluate tomorrow. But consider it a practice in in the art of just for today. And the other thing is think about, be very, very mindful and frequent to remind yourself how it makes you feel after you eat it, right? If you look at this junk and you think, oh, it's so good while I'm eating it, but then as soon as I'm done, I regret it and I feel bloated and I don't sleep well, always remind yourself what happens an hour after I do this. And that can be a really powerful deterrent. All right. The next one is, I know that dinner is my big rock, meaning it's an area that really moves the needle, has a big impact on progress or lack of progress. She says, I know dinner is my big rock, but when I get home at night, I'm so tired. I have no energy and I end up overeating whatever is most convenient. What can I do to make improvements even though I'm tired and hungry at this time of day? I'll be honest, I think one of the most powerful things to do here is to lower any and all barriers. You're right. If you come home and you don't have any dinner plans or you have dinner plans, but they require 30 or 40 or 50 minutes of prep, you're very likely to be like, meh, let's order pizza or you know, let's do a let's do a box of macaroni and cheese or whatever it is. Don't set yourself up for that. I know, I can anticipate that towards the end of the week on my busier days, I do not want to prepare a big meal. So I will put something in the crock pot. And that way, when you come home, you don't have to think, you don't have to work, you have to take off the lid and put it on a plate. And I think that's a really, really powerful strategy for setting yourself up for success. Or when you're leaving work and you know like, oh man, I am not in the mood to do that chicken stir fry I had planned to do call ahead to Chipotle and get a salad bowl or call ahead to whatever your favorite place is where you know you can make a great choice and don't set yourself up to have to stare at the menu and debate like, should I make a good choice? Should I make a bad choice? Call ahead, take the guesswork out because as more time goes by, you'll be more tired and have less willpower. So do everything you can to lower the barriers and be really honest with yourself about the days and the circumstances in which you make the crappiest choices and set yourself up for success on that one. All right, the next one. I'm down 24 pounds since May. That's awesome. But I seem to have plateaued. Do you have any suggestions for what to do when fat loss seems to stop? Also, how often do you think it's acceptable to drink alcohol and still lose weight? I'm wondering if that's why I have stopped losing. Now, I've done an entire episode on alcohol, and I will link to that in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. And really, it comes back to the three questions that I talked about several episodes ago. And these are three questions you can ask yourself to find the answers for you to questions like how much alcohol is too much or something like that. Because here's the deal. It depends. I very rarely drink. So if I were to say three drinks a week, that would represent a big increase in alcohol consumption for me. So three drinks a week would be too much for me, but that's relative to my baseline. There are some people that have multiple drinks every single night. So for them, three drinks a week or one drink a day would represent an improvement. So it really, really depends on what your baseline is. 
As it relates to plateaus, I have done a full episode on plateaus that I will link to in the show notes over at primalpotential.com, and I've also done a blog post on avoiding plateaus. Uh, So that goes into a ton of detail. If you have questions about plateaus, look up those episodes on the show notes page or just search plateaus on primalpotential.com. But part of the thing with plateaus is that you've gone from a place where you were getting results and now you're not. And generally speaking, we say, I'm still doing everything right. Well, listen, your body has changed. So what was right before might not be right now to get you the results you need. Like what got you from where you were to where you are isn't necessarily the same thing that's going to get you from where you are to where you want to go. So don't measure the quality of your choices based on what it took to get you where you are, right? The other thing is make sure you are tracking everything because so many times we overlook little inconsistencies that add up, right? Tracking is so important. And when people say, I know you're going to tell me to track, but I haven't done it yet. I can't do it. I've tried and I can't do it. Somebody emailed me that the other day and I said, yeah, you can. You've just chosen not to. So if progress is a priority for you, then prioritize tracking because that's where the answers are, right? I mean, that's just the deal. Uh, So tracking is super important. And then also respond intelligently to hunger. Sometimes when we hit a plateau, we're eating based on a rhythm or a routine or a pattern, and we're not truly tuning into our body's hunger sensations. So allow yourself to experience hunger and eat in response to true hunger as opposed to eating because it's 12, right? And then stress management and sleep are huge factors when it comes to plateaus. All right, next question says, so one of my favorite morning routines has been to make a smoothie. I use unsweetened almond milk, uh, frozen wild blueberries, organic spring mix, flax meal, protein powder, and a little stevia. I enjoy this. It keeps me, uh, it satisfies me all morning, sets my day up well. I'm reading about limiting carbs to the nighttime, and I'm wondering if the blueberries are a problem in the morning. Well, here's the deal. Your results are going to tell you whether or not they are for you. Okay, so are you getting results with that? I know you said it satisfies you, but look at, am I making progress? If you're making progress, don't worry about cutting the carbs back. You're at a place where it's working for you, so keep doing it. And I mentioned the three questions episode a couple minutes ago, but this is, again, very relevant. I will link to that episode in the show notes, but it's basically about asking yourself three questions that help you find these little nuanced answers. Does this smoothie represent an improvement for you? If you were previously eating a bowl of cereal or a bagel or a muffin or a McDonald's drive through or whatever, that's a huge improvement. So the blueberries aren't an issue because they represent a major improvement. If we look at food as a spectrum, are you moving towards the whole foods end of the spectrum, right? How does it make you feel? You said that it satisfies you, right? Does it trigger cravings or satisfy them? Do you love it? Do you really enjoy it? Does it impact your mood? And then what happens to your results when you're eating this? Are you losing fat? Are you gaining strength or endurance? Are your inches going down? Do your clothes fit better? All right, so those are the questions I wanted to tackle today. If you have questions for me, I would love to hear them. The easiest way to get in touch with me, Facebook messages are really tough, guys, and I I try to answer them as best I can, but the problem, and I'm not talking about posts on the Primal Potential Facebook page, those are easy, but the private messages on Facebook, Facebook doesn't give me a way to like flag those so I remember to go back to them. Email is awesome, and you get immediate access to my inbox when you head over to primalpotential.com. Just pop in your first name and your email address. You'll get emails from me every Sunday. 
I share recipes that I'm totally loving or workouts I'm doing, uh, things that really motivate and inspire me, fat loss tips, stuff like that. But I want you to respond to those emails with your questions. What did I say that was unclear? What does it leave you wondering about? What are you struggling with? I want to help. That is a genuine offer. You guys have no idea how much time I spend responding to email, and it's out of no sense of obligation whatsoever. If it was bugging me, I wouldn't keep telling you to email me. I do it because I sincerely want to help you reach your goals. That is my passion. That is why I get out of bed every morning with enthusiasm to do this work, because I know you have goals, and I want to do everything in my freaking power to help you reach them. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you're struggling with. All right, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Started the day with some cold brew coffee with a little bit of unsweetened almond milk. And then I already told you about my post-workout brunch that was eggs, bacon, peppers and onions, and some sweet potato. If you're wondering about carbs in the morning, it was after a very intense workout. So uh, the post-workout window is a good time for carbs if you feel like you need them, which I sometimes do depending on the duration and intensity and weight of my workout. Um, then a few hours later, I had two deviled eggs, which I rarely have, but I bought them and they looked amazing and they were, and two leftover chicken thighs. I was kind of in a snacky mood. And then dinner was two steak kebabs over grilled steak kebabs over a blend of veggies that was peppers and onions and broccoli and carrots it was so good. And then a few hours later, I had two Justin's dark chocolate peanut butter cups. If you've ever had them, um, they are so good. Don't keep them in mass in your house. Don't tempt yourself that way. I can tell you that from experience. I just bought the two pack um, and it was delicious and it made my night. I was very, very happy, very satisfying. So anyway, hope this episode was helpful to you. If you have questions, send them my way. I know I sound like a broken record, but there are worse things. I'll be back in a couple days with another episode. So I'll see you then. Take care.